With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, all. Um, have to say that uh, it's summer, and when summer comes around, Russ, there's always construction on the roads, and I really despise it when you want to go out for coffee at, at a place five minutes away, and it takes basically 40 minutes to get to the Starbucks. That's, it, That's it, rough. It's 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 insane. It's like I mean I, yeah. I I get it that you know it's hot weather usually not raining and this is the time of the year to get the construction done. But it just seems like like all over the place ever for like the last week construction has just slowed down everything everywhere I go. So I'm getting paranoid about it. Is it is it ruining your life, Mike? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> well, um, talk about a life ruined. Uh, O.J. Simpson, who. You know, in Buffalo, was more popular as a running back. Well, the the, the old joke was he was a slashing running back. Right. Just kidding. Um, but uh, he will be coming up for parole on Thursday for the armed robbery charges that got him put in jail. Ironically, the evidence about him, of him being involved in armed robbery was less convincing than the evidence that he got found not guilty for murdering his ex-wife which is and and that's the concern I, I've seen a few things and watched a couple things on this and one of the concerns is the fact that especially with this uh, the OJ made in America um, documentary which was fantastic I'd suggest anybody to watch it um, that won an Oscar that he won't, he could be denied parole, but not because of what he was convicted on, but what he was not convicted on. Well, all right. So there's a few layers here. First, you know the the OJ I first knew ran for I don't know 200 and something yards against the Jets in the rain. I watched it on TV and and thought, wow, this guy's just a tremendous athlete, which he was. And then you know he went through life as a actor and and sort of like a privileged guy in society where there was this dark side of him yeah. and so when the dark side was revealed i wasn't shocked that he got nailed for something at mm. that point oj's luck just ran out and he was getting into bad situation after bad situation mm. and so is it possible that these charges were a little trumped up sure but at the end of the day you're now thinking about releasing a guy that really has done nothing but bad things for the last decade and change He's yeah, but over nine years, so he'll argue that. But you know, for the last twenty years, you know, name me—I defy you to name me something that OJ's done that's positive that you know about. No, nothing. No, and I, yeah, nothing. Other but than the, not getting in trouble in the in the country club jail that he's in, because apparently it's a it's the easiest of jails I've read. Right. I mean, he's been quote a model prisoner unquote. Right. So you know, I mean, but see that that's the thing. All this, his his gaining parole, and he was paroled apparently on some of the charges that he was convicted of uh, four years ago when he was up for parole. So he was like only uh, in jail for the armed robbery charge, or a couple of the charges. And it still held a 33-year sentence because right. it was federal armed robbery. 
Right, right. Um, so, you know, I think that meant there was a gun involved. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. His his burden for parole this time around apparently is much less. That's why a lot of experts thinks think that he is going to get uh, be granted parole. And it's funny because one of his attorneys from one of the many legal situations he's been involved in was interviewed. I think it was on Fox News and said, you know, what should happen here is. He's granted parole and he just disappears. But he believes that won't happen. But he, he he's such he is such a media whore that he will you know go out and basically sell his uh, story to you know Oprah or yeah. or somebody who will pay him millions of dollars. And I, I was actually having a discussion about this in the fact that you know a news outlet when it comes to this you know like it, like a 2020 thing or a Megyn Kelly thing or whatever they will pay money for this. But the thing sure. is. He's got There's a judgment showing the parole hearing. I'm not watching the parole hearing. I don't care. He's got a judgment against him from the Goldman family because of the civil suit. Right. So what's go what's going to have to happen is because the only way that OJ is doing this is for his own personal gain. It'll be something like the money will be given to some foundation that he yeah. can tap and that the Goldmans can't. So that that's yeah. that's how the how ugly this whole situation is. And it will it just Unfortunately, no good can come of this. If he gets out, really no good can come of it. I get that this is America and he deserves his shot. I get that Charles Manson was just paroled. I get it. And that's was he? Whoa, 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 whoa. Was he? Oh, yeah. Charles oh, yeah. Manson? Yeah. He's living in Texas now. I'll find out where. Hold on. Wow. That, that, one, that, one I did, that one I didn't hear about. Because if I he's not out today, he's getting out. Wow, that that's that's. I mean, most so what's the of, difference? But what's the difference? Well, I mean, the difference is is that Manson killed about. I mean, Manson. I mean, there is no difference that they're both murderers. But I'm just saying is I, I'm I'm surprised Manson ever. Got, I mean, John Hinckley got out. We know that. But yeah, that that, that one I missed. I didn't hear. Oh, uh, you know what? Snopes is saying it's false. All right. Okay. Okay, but yeah. it was out there in a couple different stories. All right. Yeah, so I, I would have been. I would have been really. I would have been really shocked if Manson Manson ever gets out. But he does have the opportunity for, for parole too, like all these guys. I just I don't see a sure. reason to parole OJ. I don't see a reason to watch this because oh, let's see what OJ looks like and how he's aged and he's lost seventy pounds. I don't care. Right. I don't care if OJ's in better shape than me. Let him but stay in jail. But this is, but this is. I mean, honestly, we are in the 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 realm and the age of reality TV. I know, and that's honestly, in a way, it started with the OJ trial. I mean, I there were examples of before that, but it started, and, and you know, you go from things like the Kardashians. You know, shows on, shows on like uh, the Home and Garden Network, like Flip and Flop and cooking show. Everything is like reality TV based. It's not like nobody wants to watch like regular television. Everybody wants to watch something with a tinge of reality. So watching some guy who was a murderer uh, get paroled, that's going to be – that'll be ridiculous ratings. And that's why there will be a bidding war. For his story, when he comes, when if and when he gets out, and that and that's the thing. Will it be? Will it be Russ like like Pete Rose after the fact? He's going to write a book or tell a story and say, "Yes, I murdered Nicole," because he can't be put in jail for it. It's double jeopardy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, let's let's Anything's get to, possible. Anything is possible. Let's get to hockey. All right. 
Hello, Hockey World. Today is Tuesday, July 19th, 2017. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Lagello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Uh, just a little a bit of an update from yesterday, because we, we started the show with some uh, tweets, some news from uh, Slava Malamud and from Ed Elliott Friedman uh, regarding uh, some participation in the Olympics, that there was sort of a you know double secret plan of a backup schedule that included an Olympic break. Uh, Ken Campbell from the Hockey News said he had touched base with m members of the NHLPA and the NHL and says that there is zero chance of the, the NHL players being released to the Olympics. So right now, as it stands, uh, as Friedman reported yesterday, players on AHL only contracts. That's meaning players who cannot play in the NHL, who can only play with the American Hockey League or in the ECHL would be eligible to play for any I'm of their national. I nodded off there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. But I'm just saying, I mean, we're not, we're not talking, we're not talking about, you know, we read a list yesterday. It's not a great list. Yeah. We're not talking about any kind of great prospects. We're talking about, you know, guys who, um, who, our veteran players. The best players could be the draft eligible players. Those, if they're allowed to be released, they'll be the best players on that team. Right. So you could have. I mean, you could have. And that's the question of whether the CHL will allow players to go to the Olympics. Right. right. I mean, we'll clearly, yeah. Clearly, anybody on on any on, clearly anybody on AHL, NHL two way contracts or one way contracts will not be allowed because right. they possibility and now again you know and we won't know about this but that that noise that Alex Ovechkin made about you know skipping and leaving yeah 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 I, I honestly I I would be shocked if if he's allowed to do that um he's not and he'd be allowed to do it yeah. he's not okay um it was unusual yesterday Russ that uh I mean after the signing occurred earlier this month that the press conference for Kevin Shattenkirk occurred yesterday, um, but it did. And uh, as we know, Shattenkirk signed a four-year contract with the Rangers for you know pretty big money, clo close to seven million dollars. And you know the Rangers have made some you know interesting moves during the offseason. Girardi's gone. They had Brendan. They re-signed Brendan Smith. Now they bring Shattenkirk. They uh, they acquire Anthony D'Angelo from Arizona. So you have a younger and more mobile defense this year, this uh, this coming year, than you had in the last couple of years with the Rangers. Yeah, no question. I mean, Chad Kirk's thrilled. He thinks there's something big going on there. And it could be, and I don't blame him for being excited. Uh, I think he wanted to show off his new hairdo. He did the right thing. He went the route of Marc Messier originally, where we have that sort of same do where we, you know, you keep what you got buzzed on the side and you let everything else go. Uh, I don't think Shattenkirk will ever go full shaved off, and I don't do it, and I don't blame him. So good luck. Uh, what is it, 22 is his jersey number? That's yeah. good. Good number. I think he uh, he's excited to play again uh, in front of his hometown fans and, and family and stuff. That's great for him. Uh, and, and that hasn't always gone bad in hockey. It's gone bad in other sports. Uh, you know, Daryl Strawberry in L.A., that was bad. Uh, Eric Davis in L.A., that was bad. I mean, we could talk, talk about more times that it's bad, that it's good, but in hockey, it doesn't always go bad. So 
Chris, I mean, Chris Drury, he, he's from Connecticut, yeah. but he went back to the Rangers, and that really didn't, I mean, he didn't play badly, but. It was good for a little while, then it was, you know, then it went bad, but it was good for a while. So, but most of the time, it, I would say it's it, it works out okay. So I'm, I'm not concerned there. Uh, what I am concerned about is this, I guess there's this discussion now online where, you know, the Rangers signed Alexander Georgiev out of uh, SM Liga. You know, he played five games in the World Juniors in 2016. I didn't think enough of him to really put him as a big-time guy as far as getting signed. Maybe the Rangers see something in him. That's great. He's a guy who could come right over like Magnus Helberg did and fill that role. Fine. You know, no harm, no foul. You sign him to an ELC. But then that got into discussion, teams, prospects, you know. And so the Rangers have him. They have Sheshjorkin. They have Halverson. They've got Tyler Wall, who plays for uh, UMass. Uh, no, uh, Duluth. Sorry. No, no, UMass Lowell. Sorry. UMass Lowell. And then they have um, Adam Husco, who plays for UConn. So it's a nice grouping of guys. And and I saw Husco play for the World Juniors. And look, his team was horrible, right? But I thought he played well. I saw Wall play in the East Regionals. He played a great game against Notre Dame and lost in overtime to Cal Peterson, who was a little bit better of a goalie. Uh, Halverson, yeah, had a nice OHL career. Not a good year last year. He had an 887, you know, save percentage. He needs right. to show a lot more. And Shoshorkin played the most games he's ever played in his life last year at 39 games. And so when you add all that up, I can't look at them and say they're one of the top five goaltending prospect systems in hockey because young goalies need to play games. It doesn't matter what league you're in at some point. The main point is they need to play. And if a guy has, like Shashurikin as an example, before last year had only played up to 25 games as the most in his career, it doesn't matter what your numbers are at that point. You really are untested. And and so that's that's my problem here is Walls in his first year going to his second year. Huska, I believe, is the same thing. Like these guys still need a lot more seasoning before right. I'm willing to say, hey, this is one of the best prospect pools. And that's why when I'm looking at that, and we'll talk about who we think the best prospect pools are, my grading really goes with, do you have a guy that's close? Do you have a guy that in two years could take the starting job? If you do, I don't even care what else is there. Like, I don't care if you have four or five guys. You really just need one. And so that's that's my basis of this. Well, and, and you know, to, to take it to – obviously, I always take it to, to the Maple Leafs. I mean, the Maple Leafs yeah. right now, they drafted uh, Ian Scott uh, out of the Western Hockey League in the fourth round this year. They have Joseph Wall, um, uh, third-round pick last year, who who split time with Tyler Parsons uh, at the um, – who split time with Tyler Parsons at the World Junior last yeah. January, and he's probably you know he'll be battling with Otten, Jake Ottinger for the starting goalie for Team USA in the World Junior in Buffalo. But you know this is a prospect. He had a good year, freshman year at Boston College. He's not really going to be on the radar for the Leafs for probably another two years. I mean, he'll probably stay right. in college for another. It's more likely three or four. Well, 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 I'm talking about like okay, he'll play, he'll play another year, maybe two at Boston College. Then they'll wow. sign him to a pro contract. Right. Then he'll, have to, he'll play a, at least a year, maybe two in the AHL. Unless, right. Right. so you're you're talking through you're talking a significant investment that the guy the guy will get to the NHL at 23, 22, 23 years old. Right. So you're talking three years, four years down the road. And, you know, so and, and but right now, like in the immediate future. 
you know, he's not on the he's not in the picture. And after Frederick Frederick Anderson, if Frederick Anderson gets hurt, the your your plan B is Curtis McElhaney and Garrett Sparks. That's scary for, for yeah. that's something that could potentially derail a team from making a playoff playoff yeah. run is if, if the, the, they have to put Sparks or McElhaney in there for a long period of time. Whereas other teams, and we put out a, a poll on, on Twitter to, uh, about teams that have a viable plan B option. Um, you know, if, if in case they're in, in case their goaltender, their number one gets injured, they have somebody in the pipeline that either could step in this year or step in within a year or two. Right. And, I mean, we the the four teams that we listed were Los Angeles, the Dallas Stars, Calgary, and Philadelphia. And let's just go through them quickly because L.A. Yep. has Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick had that lengthy injury last year. Peter Budai saved that their season at least an attempt to have an attempt or a possibility of making the playoffs. Now this year, uh, after trading for Ben Bishop, they let Bishop go, and the number two goaltender either 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 he's going to play as the backup in L.A. or play with their uh, uh, their AHL team will be Cal Peterson, who uh, went uh, left the Buffalo Sabres as a UFA and signed with the Kings. I don't think the the, the length of time it's going to take Peterson to get to the NHL is that long. No, I don't think it's that long. I think it's two years. If, if, if that. If that. I mean, he could be a backup next year. Yeah, I mean, they, they may want him to play – in the AHL, so he can play fifty-five to sixty games, yeah. and have Jeff Zadkoff be the backup uh, yeah. with the Kings, and, and you know he can he can do that because he's done that oh, many yeah. times. Uh, the Dallas Stars now they, the Dallas Stars now they they um, they they signed Ben Bishop, so at the NHL level they're taken care of, but they they bring in Ottinger. He was he was their first round pick, right? Yeah. Late, yeah. yeah. So, Which I correctly identified because. Uh, on, on our show that we did on Sirius uh, when I did it with Shane Malloy, he didn't think there'd be a first round goalie. And I said, I think Ottinger will go in the first round, but I and was they, wrong on other stuff, but I was yeah. right on that. <laughs> and they, and they got him with the Anaheim pick from the Patrick yes. Eves deal. Cause it was late yeah. in the first round. So, you know, so they have a goaltender who, you know, will, like I said, will make the world junior team. Um, and is he BU? Is that where he's playing? Yeah, BU? he's BU. He's already been in the playoffs. He's already played in the Bean Pot. Like he's already on a really good cycle of playing in big games, important games, early in his career. Yeah. And that's what you want to see for what you might identify as a number one goalie. Now Calgary, they they bring no, in. I think Calgary's is the best. Yeah, Cal. I mean Calgary's got two of them. Got now, and, and here's going to be the argument. Okay, I'm going to lay this out because Philly fans are going to be like waiting. You know, to hear everything we say, but the two that Calgary has arguably is closer than the two Philly has only because John Gillies is closer than anybody in the Philly organization. That's just a fact. Right. Now, Gillies might just play in the AHL this year because they, they, yeah. brought, in, they brought in Mike Smith on a discount. You know, they got uh, Arizona to eat some of his money. He's got another two years, I believe, uh, left on his contract. Yeah, two years. And they get Eddie Lack at a, at a discount uh, from Carolina. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're probably set at the NHL level, but we're talking about Gillies and we're talking about Tyler Parsons. And Tyler Parsons 
is an excellent prospect. So yeah. they've got, they've got two. Now I could I could see Russ that there there might not be room for two prospects like that, and maybe they use one of those guys as a as a piece in a trade yeah, down the road. Sure. Yeah, and the but other it's a, nice, it's a nice place to be. And to be honest, Gillies is almost ready to start in the NHL now. Yeah, he's recovered from that a the ACL the ACL injury. Oh. Um, now we were limited to four to four teams uh, on the Twitter poll. That the only, but we had a couple more. But the the fourth one was Philadelphia, and with Philadelphia, it's the it's one guy. It's Carter Hart. No, no, it's it's Thomas Sandstrom too. Yeah, but I I think Hart. I Felix Sandstrom, Thomas Sandstrom. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Does he high stick everybody? He no, does. No, but, Felix uh, Sandstrom too. I mean, they're both worthy of mention and. Some like Sandstrom better, some some like Hart better. I really like Hart better. I think he's just better mentally at this point. Sandstrom is maybe the more athletic goalie, but yeah. a lot of times I like the more cerebral goalie. And and so and I always use Mike Richter as an example as a cerebral goalie. Right. So I think Hart's in that vein. But both are great. Both are really really good. But both are still at least two years away. Now we and that's why Calgary's a little bit closer. Right and right now the poll really we've had a couple hundred votes and it's really like split down the middle here. Philadelphia thirty percent, L.A. twenty five percent, Dallas twenty four percent, Calgary twenty one percent. We had some comments to it. Uh, some yeah. uh, um, Pete Story seven seventy one on Twitter was like Philadelphia oh okay. I'm like he doesn't understand. I guess he doesn't, he doesn't understand. get it really. Yeah, he doesn't. He Both doesn't. These get guys it. played in the World Juniors last year. And That's I made the response. Good. I made the response that Carter Hart's one of the best young goaltending yeah. prospects, and he's like zero experience at the pro level. That's not the point. He's a prospect. <laughs> That's not the point. Yeah, I, exactly. None um, of them have pro experience in this little uh, now, ranking. Now, this one, um, uh, 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 Josh Rubin on Twitter was making a case for Montreal in the sense that Charlie Lindgren, Fucali, uh, Caden Primo. I mean, honestly. It's okay. That's okay. I think it's, uh, it's worthy of mention, but it's not in the same vein as these organizations. Not yet. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Collins on Twitter says Pittsburgh. I, I give that a little bit of credit with uh, Tristan Jerry there. I think he's yeah. a, a good up and coming young goaltender. Yep. Um, another mention for sure. Yeah, um, the Devils with Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, sure, but but he's he's still two to three away. He is. And uh, the ones that we discussed, I mean, the Islanders are, I mean, they Yeah, are, the Islanders are, to me are the, the next one because Linus Soderstrom is probably going to come over next year and then in two years could be right in there for the Islanders if they want him to be. Yeah, and um, who's the other, the, the goalie that's they, they have a Russian goalie too. Sorokin. Um, Sorokin. Yeah. Sorokin, who I'm not sure. He just signed a new deal in the KHL, but he does get mentioned in, in the group. So it, it's a strong... It's a strong pairing. Um, you know, I'd say honorable mentions would be Winnipeg with uh, with uh, Comrie and uh, I mean Hullabuck is at the NHL level, but yeah, um, uh, Vancouver with Thatcher Demko, yeah. and I, I actually think a dark horse would be Washington with with Samsonov. Yeah, if for some reason there's a year they decide that Braden Holby is not exciting them and they bring Samsonov over, that's you know he's the best goalie probably outside of. The NHL right now so they definitely get mentioned too so all of those teams worthy of mention but you know like I said these are the four we picked are really good in the sense that they've got guys that are close 
yeah, check out that poll on tw on Twitter at my feed on uh, at Mike and Buffalo, and you know, cast your vote. We'll 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 give you the final results tomorrow on the web on the webcast. Um, some news and notes here. Um, Jim Nill. Dallas Stars general manager addressed the Valerie Nakushkin scenario. Uh, for those who don't remember, Nakushkin left the Stars last year um, purportedly because he didn't get along too well with Lindy Ruff. Um, from what I remember, Russ, he signed a two-year deal in the KHL yeah. with CSKA Moscow. So yeah. that's the reason why Neil is saying he will return, but he won't return until next season. So, yeah. You can say it's a good year of development, but he this guy scored well in his rookie year as, a, as an 18 or 19-year-old. So I don't know how much progress he's making developing in the KHL. I think they're just being deprived. He's just making of money, and he wants to make money, and he wants to feel wanted. And I think now he probably feels wanted at the Dallas level. I think it's good that they address this. Hitchcock had good, you know, he had good luck with Tarasenko, and so there's no reason to think he wouldn't have good luck with him. So I think in year two of the Hitchcock regime, it's a good time to bring him in. If Lindy Ruff were still there, we wouldn't even be talking about this. Like, it's just the way it is. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. And this was smart for Jim Neal to sort of let the fan base know, hey, he's still going to be here. This isn't like Ilya Kovalchuk. And we're, you know, we're going to see him five years from now, maybe. Because right. Nikushkin could really help that lineup. So that's, to me, that's a, that's a pretty important thing to mention over a summer. I mean, we're talking about a – I mean, a big, I mean, we're talking about like 6'3", 6'4", 195 pounds, big, fast, big, fast, power forward type winger with a good shot. I mean, he's got a lot of skill. He can move. I mean, so this is a guy, this is a guy who, I mean, if he could come back this year, I mean, with all the additions that they've made, um, you know, he would be a, a key part. I mean, I'm sure if they could, they would have liked to have brought him back this year, yeah. but they, they just can't. So, um, interesting note here from Ray Shiro um, at the end of the Devils developmental camp. He was asked regarding the, the Ilya Kovalchuk thing. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, and here's a direct quote from Shiro. I didn't control where I could trade him, sign, uh, uh, trade him or sign him. Uh, it was really up to him what was good for him and his family. I never got involved in that with teams because that was up to Kobe. He's a real good player, and if he had been back this year, it would have been fantastic. And if it's going to be next year for himself, that's great, but it won't be in New Jersey. So basically, you yeah, know. He, said he's, he doesn't want to play for them, but every year what New Jersey could get for him goes down the amount. Yeah, and now it goes down to nothing because he's a UFA. I mean, that was the one. That was the oh, that's one. That's right. Yeah, next year he's just complete free and yeah, clear. He's that's a complete right. Free, and you see, this is the thing. I, I think he could. He would have gained more interest as a UFA, but the problem is, is he turns thirty-five, and because yeah. he turns thirty-five, then that contract is 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 guaranteed no matter what he does, unless they put him on long-term injury or something like that. So yeah. really, I think. The, the market for him is going to be affected by the fact that he's 35. You know, is he still a good player? I guess. I mean, I can't really tell. Look, I, I, again, I, I still think he can get 50 points at the NHL level. Yeah. Um, now, you made, you made me aware of the uh, Nick Bonino throwing out the first pitch at a uh, – I think it was a Hartford uh, – Hartford. Hartford Yard Goats, the worst one of the worst names in sports. Yeah, where the hell is that? I, I guess because back in the day people owned a Yard Goat, so we're – eat their grass and they wouldn't have to cut the lawn in Hartford. But, you know, these days 
they hire people for that in Hartford. That's the way it works. I got like what is it? The Scranton Wilkesboro Rail Riders or something like that. It's a, it's yeah, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs comes a close second, yeah. or the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. They just when you ever you have a public naming contest like Binghamton did, you get an answer like Rumble Ponies. Like oh. that's just you know, that's all. But uh, he was still wearing a boot. Still wearing a boot. Yeah, which indicates how – I mean, which indicates the chicanery that was going on during the Stanley Cup final about, well, he might play in game four. Yeah. Well, he's still in a boot a month after the Stanley Cup is over with. So he yeah. was never anywhere close to no, being – No, he was never anywhere close. That was all just smoke and mirrors and him just with guts and guile trying to do it. But I have to give him credit. He's the first guy I've ever seen get to the mound with a big boot on, and he still had a pretty good throw. And so good for Nick Benino. He's from that area. Uh, hopefully there was a lot of people in the stands to cheer him. Yeah. Um, just I, I just I want to bring this up because I, I heard about it. I've heard about it over the last week, and I don't know how serious it is, but there is a little bit of buzz around the Penguins and the, possible, the possibility of them trading Phil Kessel, which, of course, you know, perks the ears of everybody in Toronto because, you know, he's won two Stanley Cups since he left the Leafs, but – you know, he and he had a great playoff, not this past season, but the the first year. Yeah. Um, but six point eight million dollars for another, I believe, five seasons for Kessel. And you know, the, right now the Penguins are. I mean, they're not up against the cap because they've they've you know they got rid of Mark Andre Fleury or he was picked in the expansion, so they're not in cap jail. But there there might be a little bit of a sense um, that. They could move Kessel now and get something for him, as opposed to waiting a year or two. Which has the, always been the theory of of, of uh, observers of the Maple Leafs is that when Kessel gets to thirty one and thirty two years old, the fact that he was never somebody who devoted himself to keeping his body in premium shape. But he has done that the last two or three years. Right, right. But yes. but, but but the Penguins potentially. A, you know, possibly trading him might be an indication that that's you know that's a concern of theirs as well. This was you know, short- I think they're just tweaking him to get a little something out of him. I mean, Rutherford came out four days ago and said it's about trading him. It's not something I foresee happening right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a little bit of a message to Phil to train hard this summer and give us a little more because we didn't like what we saw out of you in the Cup run, which is fair, right? He 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 blended in more than he stood out this year. Yeah. Now, okay. I, I did this. Um, I took a look uh, at the free agent class of last July, of the 2016 free agent class, and my theory for at least a couple of years, with the with the exception here or there, is that free agency, at least unrestricted free agency, is dead. That you are not going to get really effective players uh, in unrestricted free agency. They're either going to be too old or they're going to be overpriced for what you get out of them. Most and, times. There's always going to be exceptions. There's always going to be exceptions. And the guy like Patrick Eves was an exception last year. They got that, you know, The Dallas Stars got him for a million bucks, and he scored a ton, and then they converted him into a first-round pick. And they got Jake Ottinger, and Anaheim got a guy who, until he was injured, played well for them, and then they re-signed him. So – it worked out well for both Anaheim and Dallas, but I, I put together a list here of the of some of the players, and we'll just go through these quickly. We don't have to rate them thumbs up or thumbs down, but we can just look at the results here and what what happened. Um, 
the first one on the list was James Reimer. James Reimer, five years, three point four million in Florida. He was exp he he now. I, I believe Luongo was exposed in the expansion draft, but that was more because he was 38 and they knew he yeah. wasn't going to be taken. But if you look at Reimer's statistics with Florida, he had a subpar year. And honestly, if if Flor if, if Luongo retires tomorrow, I think Florida's in trouble with James Reimer as their number one goalie. Yeah, I think they are. And I think we can't totally say that that was a failure yet because – he might turn around and surprise us. He's had better days, but right now it doesn't look great. Yeah, I mean we're we're only dealing with with a with one with one eighty two game season of evidence whether it was a failure or not. To me, this one is a. I mean, I thought it was a failure from the moment it was signed. The Michael Bodker signing in San Jose, four years, four million AAV. He had ten goals with San Jose last year. I don't know what Doug Wilson was thinking. I think he was just thinking he, you know, would get a skilled player, throw him in there with some veterans, and get more results. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I honestly think that that and okay, maybe they were ready to walk away from Patrick Marlowe, and you know, Patrick Marlowe is thirty-eight years old, so it might be it might have been time. But a yeah. contract a contract like that costs you any flexibility you had to offer Marlowe enough money. For him to stay, so I, I, yeah. I, you know, in retrospect, I think that was a, a costly signing for the for the Sharks. Uh, Jamie McGinn, who played wonderfully with Buffalo, and then they traded him to Anaheim. Um, he signs with the Arizona Coyotes, three years, ten million dollars, and he went from twenty-two goals with the Ducks and Sabers to nine goals with the Coyotes. Now that might be a that might be a product of the fact that he had nobody to play with i think that was a whole mishmash it's funny because he's on my keeper league team right and i had to decide whether i would retain his services or not and i decided to do it based on the fact that he'll have more to play with this year and could bounce back and so i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that was just a bad situation for him and it's not like he's the kind of player that can play and score on his own you know so that one's the jury's out on, I think. Well, he, I mean, here's one that you had you because you attend many a Philadelphia Flyer game, and that's uh, Dale Weiss. Now Weiss had a great first half with the Canadians, yeah. and then was then was traded to the the Blackhawks, and he did nothing there. And it was puzzling in early July of last year when the Flyers signed him for four years. Uh, at nine point for nine point four million, so I, I believe the AAV is in the in the mid twos. Yeah. Um. And he had eight goals in sixty four games. So how much of a contributor was Dale Weiss to the Flyers? He was getting lost in the Hackstall system. I felt like he was coming out of it at the end of the year. I think there was too much pressure on him at times. I I know he could play better than that. It's not a tremendous amount of money. I think the Flyers were just looking for another veteran and some leadership and a guy who could play a physical game but and sort of play the Hackstall kind of system. Maybe he'll do better this year, but it doesn't look great. I, you know, I admit that. Now, okay, it's we'll take these not individually but as a, as a group because they all made the same amount of money and, you know, 6 million AAV. But I, I'm putting it on a scale. Let's try to let's put them in order in terms of best to worst signing. There were four, right. four, four guys: David Backus, Louis Erickson, 
Kyle Laposo, and Milan Lucic. Now, I'll, I'll go through this. Lucic had 23 goals, 27 assists with Edmonton. Oposo had 19 goals in 65 games with the Sabres, got hurt at the end of the year. Erickson had 11 goals with, with Vancouver. Backus had 17 goals with and 21 assists with Boston, played center and played wing. And I think, you know, have, for the expectations, probably met them with the Bruins. I think the, I'll just say I think the worst one by leaps and bounds is Louis Erickson. Yeah, I don't think there's a close one. I, I always felt like his numbers would decline a little bit. I get that he wanted they wanted someone to maybe play with the Sedins. It's not worked out. It no. hasn't. Now I, I think you know, even though he had the most goals of the four, I'm not gonna say that Lucic is the guy who's the best ranked because I think actually the best signing of the four was probably a Pozo. Even though yeah, I, still, I still think it's Akpozo, uh depending if this concussion thing is cleared up because he right. did that battling through that with 19 goals. He's clearly got the highest upside. Yeah, the thing that's concerning about Lucic is, is remember, he was brought in to play with McDavid, and then they discovered after a while he was too slow to play on McDavid's now, line. Now, George LaRock will tell you that McDavid had his year because of Lucic, and you know maybe a little of that is true where he policed things around him, but I, I can't give too much credit to that. So I'm well, in your camp on that. Okay. Well, it's, you bring that up and I'll, and I, I want to counter with something because I know in Toronto, the biggest criticism of the Maple Leafs last year, you know, everything, everything was rosy and beautiful except for one thing, the four year contract to Matt Martin, uh -huh. the analytics aficionados, despise that contract and say it's wasted money. Right. And and my contention is that Matt Martin, even though he's a fourth-line guy, Matt Martin is a guy who keeps people accountable. And if somebody had taken a run at Nylander or Marner or Matthews, that Matt Martin would have been there to knock the guy's block off. And I still think that deterrence in this league has a place. It's it's significantly lowered, but I still think – now maybe they overpaid him a $2.5 million – but I, that's not a ridiculous contract. I think that that contract is acceptable. What do you think? I think it's acceptable. Uh, having spent a lot of time, not like you, but at different events with that team, you know, the outdoor game and other things, I was in their locker room a little bit more this year than in other years, and I saw what, what impact Martin had in that locker room, doing interviews, talking to the young players. I was watching that, and, and there was a really good effect there. And I think that's as good a reason why he was brought in as just, you know, policing things on the ice too. Right. To, but the veteran presence is, is huge for him. And so you're not going to ever see that on an analytics sheet, but I, I'm okay with the signing. Yeah, no, he's – I mean, you don't bring you don't sign somebody for $2.5 million to, to be the best buddy. But that, that glue for a team – I mean, he's – you know he's very very close to Mitch Marner. Yeah. He's very popular in the room. He's the guy that they 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 touch gloves with at the beginning. He's a leader in there. You know, you may want to say that it's going to be Matt Matthews or Leo Komarov or one of the veteran guys. One of the leaders in that Leafs locker room, and Mike Babcock knows that is Matt Martin. So, um, okay, Franz Nielsen, six years, thirty-one point five million dollars. So that's a little over five million AAV with the Red Wings. He had a decent year, seventeen goals, twenty-four assists. My problem with that signing is the fact that Detroit is a team that is on the verge of rebuild. And why do you bring in a guy on a six-year contract? You know, they were still thinking they were in it. 
Like that's, and they're still thinking sort of that they're in it. They have a new building. They have to have some guys who could score. He could score a little bit. So he at least gives fans something to watch. At the end of the day, you have to give them something to watch, especially when you have a new building and you're going to charge them more money. Yeah. Uh, Troy Brower, a four-year, $18 million contract with the Calgary Flames. Brower had 13 goals and 12 assists. It was just not a good – I mean, he's a good – He's an okay player. He's always been an okay player. But he is another guy like Matt Martin that is very well-respected, can control things on the ice temper-wise and temperament-wise. And so you do have to pay some money for that nowadays when you want a guy like that that you know can play physical, can score a little bit, can help your other players. They paid a little bit too much for that. And finally, the contract that broke many a heart in the GTA and Detroit and Buffalo, Steven Stamkos in his eight-year, $68 million contract with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, obviously Tampa is happy that he stayed. They're not happy that he suffered a season-ending injury after, what, a month? Yeah. I mean – I, I, I love Stamkos as a player. He's a supreme talent. But the injury, recurrent injury problems with him, that is that really has to concern Tampa Bay. I mean, unless this is just a hiccup and then he straightens out. But he has been injured for, like, major chunks, I think, of three seasons. And this this takes a toll on an organization when you're paying $8.5 million for a guy who's not there half the time. Uh, I don't think they care. I really don't. He's still the face of the franchise. You know, this is a guy who, in a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey, has scored 321 goals so far. He's going to get 500 goals in a Tampa jersey. I don't think anybody cares. And he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. But I think yeah. let's just say I think they want him. In his 17 games, he had 20 points. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, no, he was when having. He, plays, he gets his points. He was a fa- he was he was having a fantastic year. There's no yeah. no doubt. It's just a question that he just you know the the injury in Boston where he where he breaks his ankle, you know the 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 injury last year. I mean it, it he happens, just, man. It, it happens. It's but it, it it just seems to he seems to be a magnet for it. So anyway, yeah. If it happened in Toronto, oh my god, just to, I can only imagine what would have happened. Well, it wouldn't happen in Toronto because everything went right for Toronto last year. So he would have he would have led the league with 120 points, and everything would have been beautiful. Yeah, kumbaya for every kumbaya's for everybody. I get it. We will be back tomorrow with another edition of the hockey uh, of the Buzzcast. Uh, Eklund should be back um, for us. Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching, and remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.